0: to the Float Your Boat podcast about how everyday people created their road to success. The highs, the lows, pitfalls and potholes and how they overcame it all. And now, here are your
1: hosts. Hello everyone and welcome to Float Your Boat. I'm George Sabados and...
0: I'm Brett Pattinson. Never gets old. Okay, Brett, tell us who's on today. We've got Lena. She's sitting opposite Lena who? Is it Barrage? Yep. Lena Barrage. For now. For now.
2: We'll see. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, no, it's temporary. Until, until 1 p.m. My current no. name. All right, okay.
1: There's an expiry date on that one. Okay, let's let's uh, let's not explore that one. Lena, how have you been? Great. Now I I met you I met you at a photo shoot right, yes. where you gave me specific instructions to crane my neck yep. to get rid of the d- double chin. And it worked. How have you progressed since then? Well... I know I still have the double chin, <laughs> so I haven't progressed much.
2: Well, I have to say, you guys looked great in those photos. I love those photos.
0: The photos on well, our well, website, yes. everybody, I have to say that. <laughs> the photos on the website Lena took. I did. Of George and I. That a few, was a fun shoot, too. And yeah, it was a few years ago now, too, wasn't it? Yeah. Lots well, well, changed for you since then.
1: has yeah. Been, yeah, lots have changed. And that's what we're, we're, we're going to be talking about today. Um, your pursuit of happiness. Because I imagine that's been your journey
0: for the last few years. But let's 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 go back. Let's rewind. Sure. Back and tell us a little bit of the Lena story.
2: The Lena story. How far back do you want me to go?
0: Well, wherever you want to go back to.
2: I guess um, if I went back to, you know, high school. Yep. Leaving high school, what that was like being a young Arab girl in Sydney. I think I I think I figured out what I wanted to do when I was quite young because I just wanted to not do what the women in my family were doing.
1: And what was that?
2: Getting married and just having kids. Mm. You know, there was not a lot of it's not a lot of role models in my family, so I kind of thought I want to do something different. I didn't want to do what they were doing. I wanted to be. I just wanted to have, have a job. I wanted to get an education. I wanted to do something different. Mm. So I ended up. Leaving home, which is not a good thing for a, at the
1: age of, well,
2: I was like twenty.
1: And I was still waited. But it was yeah.
2: you don't leave the house before you're married in uh, an Arab, you know, household. So my mum pretended that I was just out in my room for four years.
0: <laughs> really? <laughs> so, yeah. so she'd just say to people, oh, Lena's oh, here out. somewhere. Did she she's always set out. the table for you? <laughs> she
2: kept my room. It was it was like I was just not around for that day. Wow. And she did it for, she's probably still doing it for all I know. Um, so, yeah, I left and got an education. went to uni and did a Bachelor of Communications majoring in multimedia and T V production.
0: I take it you had to fund that?
2: Um yes. Yeah.
0: So good so that's yeah. I'm I'm interested in so whereabouts in Sydney? did you grow up in Sydney? Grew
2: up in Sydney, grew up out west. Yeah and uh Grace Steins, And growing up. up
0: and growing up as an Arab girl as you put it um, Muslim Arab girl. Muslim yeah. Arab girl
2: You didn't notice because my burka's is getting (laughs) (laughs)
1: dry-cleaned.
0: She she got wet outside. (laughs) So she dropped into the dry-cleaners before she came. You didn't wear your bikini. (laughs) Are you wearing (laughs) one? I always wear mine. No, he wears a (laughs) (laughs) man-kini. I'm just interested because... I know when I grew up, which was way before you. For any ethnic kids in our area, it was tough. Oh yeah, so I actually always wonder now where those kids are and whether when they were growing up was miserable for them or whether it was happy for them.
2: Miserable, absolutely miserable. It's awful. Mm. I I can't really say I had a great childhood. It was pretty. It was hard. It was. Confronting You you don't fit in anywhere. You don't fit in with your family because you want to be different to them. You don't really fit in with the community because you look different to them. Mm. Um, and all I wanted to do was just be like them. You just mm. want to be like everybody else. You want to fit in. You, and there's a lot of shame involved with mm. growing up like that, especially if you're born here, first generation. <clears throat> excuse me. First generation born here. <clears throat> parents are... You know, they've come here for a reason. They're not coming here because it was a stop on a holiday. They've come here because they're leaving something that's not ideal from where they were.
0: Mm-hmm. They
2: came from Syria. Um, so, you know, we all know what that's like. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, funnily enough, I just found out my DNA heritage, but we can talk about that later. Okay. Um. So, yeah, it was awful. It. it you know, everything was confronting. Everything was... Um, You don't fit in anywhere. And I think there's a lot of that now, even, you know, years later. I still see it with kids where they want to be able to be accepted by their peers. They also want to kind of fit in at home, but they don't. The parents want to hold on to the culture that they brought. Mm. And the kids sort of just want to be accepted, Mm. you know, and they want to please their parents, but they still want to be accepted. It just doesn't work. And no one's really saying, hey, come and we'll figure this out with you. Especially back in the 70s, 80s, um, when I was, you know, in school, no one did that. I think I was yeah. the only, you know, Arab kid in the school. There was no one really saying, hey, you're going to be happy about that tan one day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? and, then,
1: and you had a couple of extra hurdles. Um, um, you know, I'm first generation Greek Australian. Yeah. Um, and I... I certainly get where you what you're saying but you the added hurdles for you was that you were um, a, a Muslim as well yep. and and you were female yeah so the the fit, not not being able to fit in i get completely it's just that you just don't think like where your parents came from no because you're not that person because you grew
2: up here you don't exactly. know that place i don't exactly. know anything about Syria but the Syria. expectation
1: is that you continue on to exactly. with the culture and the heritage and I always found it fascinating, if I could just share, that the Greeks that came to Australia were in a time warp. They stopped developing. Yeah. Whereas every time I went back to Greece, they were living in the modern world. They yeah. were in the 20s. They were just like the people here. They were like everyone else here. Yeah. But the Greeks here were so ultra-conservative and old-fashioned. They even listened to music from the 40s and 50s, <laughs> who the, which the Greeks in Greece don't listen to. Yeah. They don't. They oh, don't it's the
2: same they, with my family. They were exactly the same. They all progressed. But everybody was sort of stuck in this, you know, 70s, 80s time warp where nothing changed and, mm. you know, and they hold on to the religion a little bit tighter. People back, back in Syria, they weren't holding on to it as much. Mm. They were, uh, you know, they were accepting change. Mm. I'd, I'll give you an example. This is, this is a, a really good example of what it's like to be a kid. So kindergarten, first year in kindergarten, I've never heard of Christmas no one talks about Christmas I don't know what that is and then kids are like Santa's coming and I was like Santa and you get presents and then Christmas comes around I get nothing
0: I'm like <laughs> <Zip>. what
1: <laughs> well, was Santa? I a bad kid who is this Santa to? <laughs> you missed my house well
2: it was like it didn't make sense and no one explained it to me hmm. and that that there's this real like we didn't have the kind of media that we have or the internet or social mm. media we we didn't have phones then. We just mm. had the one that hung on the wall. Mm. It was just such a different time. So it, it was a struggle. And I looked around me and all the people that I saw were not people that I wanted to be. There was no, no role models in my family. The women didn't do anything different. They all conformed, you know. And I'm, it's not even to say that they were repressed. They were the bosses of the family. Like, don't get me wrong. Mm. The women in the yeah, Arab household, right. they're the boss. They the run the house. father just does whatever the mum says. Mm. They were strong. They are very strong. They were probably really gifted at whatever they, mm. you know, would have chosen to do. But they just didn't do anything. Yeah, right. Um, and then I, someone came into the family who was my brother's wife, who was Australian. And she worked. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's <laughs> interesting. I want to do what you do. Mm. You know, I want to be like that. And so... I kind of just put it straight in my head that that's what I wanted to do, and then I did it. But it wasn't – it's kind of still not okay,
1: mm. you know. But, but you've obviously – you obviously had that extra element, which was that burning in, a desire to uh, develop yourself and be independent.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's not it's not something that they look upon and go, that's that's a good quality to have. Mm. It's kind of like, oh, yeah. you're making it look bad for us. So mm-hmm.
0: they, they go, oh, Lena's a bit – yeah you know, she's the yeah, funny yeah, one. She's the funny one yeah. in the family and yeah. Yeah. So so you so 20 when you left.
2: Left home and it was really bad for the family. Mm. My right. mother was ashamed and mm. <laughs> I was going to get an education and my mother was ashamed. So that's that was kind of hard but it it didn't really bother me cuz mm. I kind of was like I'm on my own. This is fantastic.
0: So is that when and, you, is that when you first found your like the potential of happiness.
2: Uh, I think I've. That was it. That right. was happiness in itself. That was freedom. Mm. Working for me is freedom. Mm. You know, and whatever has happened since, that's I enjoy every single minute of working because it's really? a freedom for me.
1: Mm. You really appreciate the moment. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Love working. It's right. the best thing that because if you can't have it. You always want what you can't have. Yeah. If you feel like you can't have just a small thing, that was the thing that I think people don't understand is when you're, you know, growing up Muslim family, you fight for such little things, you know, like the ability to wear a skirt above your knees or, you know, to stay out and hang out with your friends and that stuff is just, it doesn't happen.
0: Mm. And I take it it's still like that.
2: I, I think a lot of, and I, I think it's probably worse now because there's a lot of... Muslims that are scared yeah. you know they're scared of society I, you know, I don't think they've been hated as much as they are right now mm. so you know they, they're holding on tighter they're trying to get more religious because they think that will kind of bring the family closer together and I don't know if that works um, and you get disgruntled kids here and there and they do stupid things because of it that's mm. what I believe but yeah. I, it, it's a scary time it's a scary time Mm. you know and look and i'm not i will say now that i'm not a muslim i don't call myself a muslim i'm not i don't identify i don't follow any kind of religion because i don't agree with it mm. personally
0: yeah. there
1: was there, was there a moment in your life where where you under the way you came to that conclusion can you that you clearly remember
2: yeah i reckon i was probably 5 years old
1: oh really yeah
2: i very clearly
1: and what made you realize that this is not what I identify with
2: I think because I grew up in a family where I had five brothers and sisters you know huge family I've got hundreds of first cousins it's it's huge mm. and um, I I just didn't see anyone that that was like me I just felt different I didn't I wasn't close to anybody and then the other thing is that your brothers and sisters have kids and they they're already integrated into society they're already you know far beyond where you were ever could have gone on your own mm. because they're second generation. Such mm. a big difference between first and second generation. Mm. You know, they don't even speak Arabic. There's no such thing as religion for them. And then I was sort of caught in between these two generations. Um,
0: so were you the youngest sibling? I
2: was the youngest of six, mm-hmm. so, yeah.
0: So how old's the oldest?
2: Fifty, Yeah, right. So they,
0: they were having kids when you were still young.
2: I was an auntie at two
0: Ah, right.
2: So, there, yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of kids. Right. And you know, they're still they still kids. You know, the, I think my daughter's the youngest daughter, uh, grandchild of eleven. But there's great grandchildren that are the same age as her.
0: So, so the so this young Muslim, non-Muslim girl yeah. <laughs> turns twenty. Buggers off. Buggers off. To comes to the big smoke. You went to Canberra. I went to Canberra the Canberra, little smoke. The little smoke. <laughs> well, I went to Canberra from where? Sydney.
2: Sydney. Oh, yeah. you went to Canberra. Yeah, because it was far what away. What did you do wrong? Because <laughs> it was far away. I didn't. know oh, Sydney. Get... I just wanted to go. I oh, say so you
0: went to uni there. Yeah, I went to right. uni. Right. I lived
2: there.
1: You didn't. You you avoided the frontal lobotomy. <laughs>
0: Yeah. <laughs> of living in Canberra. <laughs>
2: it was a what's great that, place to go to uni. What's that
0: old joke? What's the best thing that came out of Canberra? It's you, my way. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, look, I, I don't have a bad thing to say about Canberra. It was great. When okay. you were at uni there, a third of the population at fun? uni there. It was so much fun. Well, for you
1: it would have been. I, know, it was,
2: I could have been anywhere, I would have had fun. fun it was yeah. just great. It was the so, first taste of freedom and it was amazing.
0: So you got through uni?
2: Got through uni and yeah. then I went into post production, TV right. post production.
0: Back to Sydney. Back to Sydney. So you met this dude. You got knocked up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, no, we, we we met and it, oh, we got we okay. did get married.
0: That's an oversimplification of the story, but yeah. Well, I'm just I'm I'm bringing I'm you know You're shortening it. I'm short. It it. So you got knocked up, you know. I'm, but then I'm,
2: I but the <laughs> thing was is that I lost my job because I was pregnant.
0: How how so why
1: so? Every
2: woman loses her job when she's pregnant, not every woman, but a lot of women do and I think um, <clears throat> you you don't report it because you can't because they find a way to get around that you mm. know but every every woman that I was in my mother's group with all experienced something very similar where you go on maternity leave unpaid of course, and then they go, oh we've restructured, and this is oh, now so your you job. Know. You know? Do you want it?
0: The the toilets over there. Here's the brush. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy. Slightly different
2: job description.
1: Oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> Did that come as a surprise to you? After yeah,
2: absolutely. The five good
1: years that you. Yeah, put in I had work? a
2: I had a great relationship with that company. They were like family, and it was just a shock. I was kind of heartbroken mm. that it got to that. Um, but then I thought that was when I decided that I think maybe business. Starting something for my own, of my own, would be where I wanted to be, and I think that's where the businesses started.
0: And um, was that photography to start with? Well,
2: no, we had a design business first because we needed to make money, so we were working like all hours of the day because I didn't have a job and I was you know had the baby and i didn't want to go back to a job and my husband was pretty good he supported that decision and we did work really hard he he was
1: a designer as well he was was a designer so
2: i would manage the business side of it and he would do the jobs if they came through um and then i discovered photography the passion which was photography and then i started the photography business and that's one way to kill a passion
1: i gotta say you had a funky place yeah, he, your d- place he did was
2: well. Good. Oh, me, yeah. your place. Oh, yeah, your yeah place no, it was great. It
1: was funky. It was upmarket. <clears throat> it looked chic. It looked, you know, it was swank. Fun. You looked like you knew what you were doing. I, I she look. I she did. did. She knew what I, she was I doing.
2: still think that I'm really good at what I did, mm. and I still do it every now and then. He but was you lost the mojo. I didn't like the business of taking photos. I didn't like
0: chasing, chasing the. I didn't like the jobs. people.
2: It was sort of. There was that, mm. you know, the chasing people, because it's a creative thing, and you're really putting yourself out there. Mm. It's like, I guess, with mm. singing, you're really you're putting yourself out yep. for everyone to kind of look at you and judge you. Mm. And photography is the same. I I've, I always say that when I'm shooting, I'm more myself than any other time. That is where I am absolutely me. There's right. no other time that I'm that much in the moment. In the moment. And that's great, I love that at that point was I stopped doing retail so i don't oh, do really? any i don't i don't work with someone unless they're a business it's just easier. I have a few clients I only do a few jobs a year because i don't really do the photography full time anymore and then I got my passion back, which was doing photography for people who appreciate it so that's and good. I do the um, I do the uh, charity work
0: I was going to bring that up because yeah. I remember I was um, I thought it was an amazing thing that you were doing back when we first met tell everybody about that because it's it's real, like we've got yeah. we've got George's general manager is one of the few funeral photographers in Australia oh
2: right, well, right. Actually, Great. actually
0: one of the few in the world right
2: I tried to do that for a while but I couldn't get anyone to hire me
1: they I wanted all dead. to do it. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> yeah. I shouldn't make, make light Great of that. Great subject matter, they'd never move. <laughs> yeah.
0: God, he was a bit <laughs> <of a> stiff. <laughs> God, it's terrible. But he, that, yeah. yeah.
2: Well, a couple of years ago, uh, I don't know how many years ago, I met someone who was involved with Heartfelt, and they're an organisation that take photos of stillborns or kids that are. dying or, you know, anyone there's up to 16 years old so yeah, so we we shoot stillborns, um, children who are dying Uh, usually it's in a hospital, sometimes it's in a home but um, I kind of really liked it, so I I don't do it as much anymore, I only do a couple a year, a couple you know, two or three, four a year, Um, but it's great it's, it's such a great thing to do. And that's completely free. Those people appreciate my photos sounds, more than anybody in the world. It's
1: heartbreaking.
2: It's amazing, though. It's amazing to be in that space where you've got a family who are just experiencing nothing but pure, raw emotion. It's pure love. There's nothing in there except pure love. There's no... There's no it's like a vacuum. You can't, you can't feel negativity in that space. It really is just love. Um, and it's amazing. It's just that's my favorite work. That's the favorite. That I, you know, if money was never an issue, that's what I do all the time.
0: Wow. Yeah, I always. I, I. I. I don't know if I could do it. Whether I'd get to. I'd be. I'm not good with. I shouldn't That I tend it's to burst into tears. Being the big tough bloke I am. But. Well,
2: the reason I don't cry is because they're a mess. They're dealing with. The son or daughter who's about to die or or has just passed, and if I'm crying, they don't need to be dealing with my crap. I feel like that's disrespectful to them, so I hold it together every time. I've never cried in a session,
0: but that gives gives you that gives you joy or happiness. Oh, absolutely,
2: yeah. It's amazing to give something, and no one sees these photos it's my best work I'll say that now it's my best work that I've ever done no one's ever seen it except the The one family that I've shot for Um, it's raw and it's painful and you'll cry if you see it I cry sometimes afterwards when I'm looking back but it's an amazing thing to do and those people just uh, you know
0: it's their most
2: valuable possession to have sometimes the only photo of their child yeah right because if they're born and they're already stillborn... That's it. That's it. You don't have time to form memories. So it's amazing. It's really a great organisation. I
1: mean, who has the presence of mind to call you in?
2: The council worker. So the council worker will give them some options. They'll say, you know, we have a service. If you want, you know, they'll come and take these photos for you. A lot of them, they say no. They don't want to deal with that. Hmm. And, And they come... They they always say the same thing, which is we don't want any photos of us. We only want photos of hands and feet, usually because there's tubes and you know they don't want a memory of that. Mm. I always just say, look, I'm going to take photos of everything. You don't have to look at them, but I promise you, you'll you'll be glad that I did. And mm. they all they all are happy that we. You know, no one's ever, no one's ever, we've never had a complaint. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) we only have the most amazing um, feedback from the people that we we do these for. Wow. It's incredible. It's an incredible thing. And I've seen some incredible things, you know, Mm. and it changes you. It really changes you. Um, And it kind of made me realize that death doesn't scare me now.
0: Because I've seen
2: it in action. I've seen, I've been there when they've taken
0: the, the tubes, the tube's
2: out and a baby's died you know right in front of me and the family's there it's mm. quite emotional and mm. but it's also really amazing mm. it's just the opposite of birth
0: mm. so
2: on that <laughs> on
0: that note no no
2: but now i'm kind of doing something quite different
0: yeah i was that i was going to get yes. to that so so now are you you've moved to something new and exciting which you were saying before we started you're really loving and it's going really well
2: yes we i met a woman her name's henry stride and she she was a talent manager and we just met met through friends you know a trusted friend we didn't really know each other that well and we um we just sort of figured out that um we could probably work together and so we weren't, we didn't know each other at all. So there's no history there, and we decided to start a business together. Wow. Um, ballsy? It was very ballsy, but if there's one thing that, a bit of advice that I would maybe give to people that are thinking about having a business partner, I kind of, I feel, i feel as though we did it a really great way.
0: And um, I'll just share that because my experience, I've had, Terrible, terrible experience of business partner. Yeah, and I don't have partners. <laughs> and, and I've consulted to a lot of businesses that go through terrible um, business partnership breakdowns, like yep. I guess like marriage breakdowns, relationships, yep. etc. But um, people often ask me how can you make a partnership work because collaborations work. Mm. It's it's how you structure it. And I yeah. don't really have an answer for it. So maybe you've got an insight maybe for I do. Us.
2: Look, we, first of all, we weren't friends. And everyone I'd spoken to leading up to this business, you know, starting was, don't do it. It's a terrible idea. It's going to end badly. You know, you'll regret everything. But then I would say, but we're not friends. And that really was a big part of why I think we worked. And that's the thing that we say all the time. People say, how long have you guys been friends? And we're like, we're not friends. We love each other now because we've formed almost like a sister bond, but we're still not best buddies. And I think we just found in each other people that complemented our, you know, our experience, our talent. And we work well together in that way. So we're not trying to do the same thing. We're doing separate things. And we've got a common goal, which is our business. We're both invested 50% each. So there's no, you know, discrepancy there. And the other thing that we did, which I think is the most important thing, was we planned the end of our business. So we went through with a lawyer and we discussed every single scenario of how this business would end. Right. And we put it into a contract. Right so we know how this will end in every way
0: right you know, so if one a, person wants to leave
2: we've got that we've got the we've got the clause there for some if if she or I decide we've had enough and we you know we're we're angry and we want to leave we've got a thing there for if a husband wants to divorce us and take half the business we've got a clause for that we've got everything covered so we know what the end will look like, and that sort of takes the Anxiety away. It does
0: doesn't
2: it? It just we just know now that the end.
0: This is, how it, is civil.
2: because yeah. we know what it'll look like in every scenario. Okay, we sat down for a day and figured out every scenario that it right. could be. You know, even if someone decides to run away with half the business, there's a clause for that.
0: Right. Um,
2: so we so, planned the end, and I feel like that really just helped us to just be ourselves. And we have a fight every six months, and, you know, we, we get all that stuff out, and then we come back together, and we're better for it. And then it's just great.
0: So tell us about the business. What is it?
2: It's with celebrity management. Well, <laughs> like, to, like to like
0: so are you signing us up? <laughs> I imagine there's a lot of fights there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> creative So, oh, my yeah. God. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're not quite there yet, Brett. But we will be knocking on your door sure. imminently. Sure. We can... You think so? We'll talk. Well, I think we've look. We, I'm really excited that um, our podcast is now live on iTunes this week, it's and great. I'm excited because he's excited. And and look at you and, too. And I noticed this morning that we had we had two reviews. Two reviews. One, one is bogus because it came from you. Luna. <laughs> that was so right. Oh, that, but, but but the other one, the other one, it's completely random. Completely I was so excited. Round. And, I, I was so excited we had two reviews. Yeah, now I'll find out Lena was one of them. Yeah. Oh. But this but is where it right. starts. But still, and at least we're being honest with our listeners, but still we've got one that isn't. So there's, therefore there's people listening to there us. There are people that you right? don't
2: know listening to this Which podcast.
0: I'm really excited about because I think we're, George and I are just doing this, and, and I said this in the last interview, we're really just doing it because we wanted to do it for the fun of it.
2: And, you know, we've had so many discussions about business and finding that thing that Mm. you want to do. And when I found out you were doing this podcast, I thought that is just the perfect thing for you to be doing. Yeah. I couldn't have thought of of a better thing for you to do.
0: And Float Your Boat is a really good title for it because that, you know, George and I spent a lot of time down at the surf club, which is one of our loves. And that's our community-based giving back, contributing back. Um, And we both love it. Um, It's a great community and and life-saving Australia is is an amazing thing. But we George and I talk incessantly. We're like two old women, you know, and and we could sit around and pontificate until the cows come home. So we thought, well, let's get other people in that have got great stories. Mm. And and I'm always um, asking that question, what makes you happy? I, I, I don't usually ask people what you do for a living. What do you do for a living? Yeah. I usually say, what do you like to do? What what hobbies have you got? You know, when you go to a party and everybody says... What do you do? What do you do for a yeah. living? But it's funny how yeah. many people don't
1: know how to answer that question, like, what do you do for fun? They revert yeah. back to answering, what do you do
0: for a living?
2: Yeah.
0: Because that's all they're used to. Yeah.
2: yeah. No one, no what one makes asks, you, asks happy? you that,
0: yeah. You know, like, you know, with, there's enough... Like you were saying about Syria earlier on, there's enough terrible stuff oh, yeah. going on in this world and I'm not making light of it because it's we all have to deal with it in our yeah. own ways. But I always say we're here for a good time, not a long time. and And so I thought, George and I thought the podcast was really about a business podcast, but it's actually turning into a podcast in search of for each person we interview, what their happy spot is and how they get there because, as you said in the last one, um, hopefully there's people out there that are having trouble with that that mm. might listen to your stuff and go, wow, she had a shit upbringing <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and she's happy, so exactly. I can be too. And, yeah. and, and, and along the way we get great stories because I never knew that about your childhood. All right. Um, I I know stuff about you, you because we we catch up for coffee every now and then, but um, I think it's in, it's important for people to get their stories out there. You yeah. know, we we hear lots of interviews on podcasts and on radio and stuff, but it's usually with people that are famous. Mm. In inverted commas. I, I I like the idea of interviewing people that aren't that famous, people behind the scenes, people that do great things out there in the community, that, are, and that's important.
1: I I'm really would like to know what what you do in, in the pursuit of happiness outside of your work. I know yeah. your work, your photography work was a joy for you, then it became a drag, and then now you've limited yourself to two or three gigs a
0: year where you've regained that, that passion. I know what we were talking about, your new business and what it is and and what's happening. Oh, and the partnership. And and give us the website and all that because people might want to, people might be out there, actors Mm. might be listening.
2: Sure. Well, it's Henry Stride Management. Henry Stride Management. So that's the name of my business partner. Yep. And it's, her name's on the website. She's quite, she's like famous. Right. In her own right. In her, She's she's the talent world. She's talent. Right. (laughs) She's sort of talent. Right because um, she knows everybody in the industry so it was smart of us to put her name on the business yeah. so it's called Henry Stride Management um, and we at the moment we have 10 clients we we went from 3 clients in the beginning 3 or 4 and now we've got 10 within a year well, that's which good. is kind of great it's 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 a great business I I enjoy every minute of it I love working with my business partner she's in Melbourne yeah. I'm in Sydney We catch up every day, you know, on the phone three or four times a day. And I love it. It's so dynamic.
1: And your role is to actually actively um, seek out new talent or current talent?
2: No, we don't really seek anyone out. They sort of come to us. Really? Yeah, yeah. Which is good, which is great. I love that. That is great. Well, we've got a really small market to work from, you know. Well,
1: which part, which... Well, we we look
2: after... Chefs. We look after chef celebrity chefs and oh, we look okay. after some radio personalities. You can look at the website and see oh, all our talent.
0: Okay. Oh, so we fit in there.
1: Radio <laughs> so That's personalities. Right. That's right. And I'm a back-of-the-cornflake-packet chef. <laughs>
2: yeah. It's great. It's, it's very different. I still get to shoot if I need to shoot my clients or, you know, do their headshots or whatever mm. you know, is required. I work on their digital strategies we work on their TV strategies, radio, um, contracts. There's a lot of contracts with mm. talent. Um, we work on endorsements. It's very creative. Mm. I think this is something that people don't realize about talent management is you have to kind of make something out of nothing.
0: Mm.
2: You yeah. know, you've got someone who is great at this. How do you make them... Be seen? Exactly. It's It's really exciting. I really love it.
0: Okay, so... So, henrystridemanagement.com.au? Just .com. Dot .com. Yeah. So, George, back to your question for Lena. What was it? Well, my question was, well, what do you do with the rest of your, rest of your
1: year? I mean, you're taking two or three. You, you do something that you enjoy now in photography. Are you telling me that this current role that you have in, in the management company um, lights you up and is, is pure joy from morning to night or... Um, or you're doing something outside of work to pursue happiness.
2: I don't know if I actually pursue happiness. I just think happiness comes to you when you're ready for it, and it could be three times a day. It could, it couldn't, ha- it may not happen for three weeks. It just happens in these little spurts every now and then, where you go, I kind of feel alright right now, and that to me is sort of happy. I might do things. I mean, I like doing some really dark things. Like I love listening to true crime stories, I love darkness, I love murder and I love listening to you, Mm -hmm. I've told you (laughs) these stories, I know
0: She's got me addicted to certain podcasts Did you you start
2: listening to that? It's really, really heavy You thought I was a bit crazy when you heard the first one, I think (laughs) That makes me happy, I love going for a walk and just listening to details of a murder That Mm. actually makes me happy I don't know why Maybe it's my upbringing, I
0: don't know. I think that's okay. I think that if that's what makes you happy, that's once again what you... It's probably also got to do with you in your own space with your headphones on. Maybe. And you're walking. It's a genre. It's it's a a, a fascinating one too. I think um,
1: uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by that purely because I don't understand what makes someone kill another person. And it's a curiosity of mine to... I think it's to, uh, uh, to, to to listen in on on how they try and cover it
0: all up. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I think I, like, I think um, <laughs> I think I think that it's um, a very normal human thing to be inquisitive about stuff like that. Mm. Yeah. I'm listening to someone someone knows something at the moment. It's called, and it's it's um, I can't believe it. I, I go, how could they not Is know? it's this a that? murder mystery? Yeah. yeah. How do they not know it was him? You know, like (laughs) (laughs) we never get to the end of it, but because it it doesn't have a conclusion as such. But um, yeah, I think it's a pretty normal thing. I think lots of people. I I mean, I like reading. I like reading that that sort of stuff in books as well. Yeah, probably not as
2: heavy is <laughs> the one I listen Lena. to
0: <laughs> the one that Lena put me on to you, you start looking over your shoulder and stuff, and you don't do it in the dark or in, in late it's called, at night what's it called true crime
2: it's called sword and scale, sword scale it's yeah. a great podcast but I have to take six months off every now and then because I've listened to something really 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 dark yeah. you know he gets he he The detail that he goes to in his podcast is just incredible. Like you'll hear the nine one one call, you'll hear someone physically dying. It's really, Mm. it's really hard to listen to Mm. sometimes. And every now and then, I'll hear something and go, "Oh, that was too much." that has
0: gone over the line. I'm going to give
2: that a break. (laughs) So I'm on a break at the moment. (laughs) So, So I. I, But but I take it.
0: I take it. Your daughter gives you uh, gives you great joy as well.
2: I'm supposed to say yes to that, right? How
0: old is she? How old is she now? Seven. Right, okay. No, wait, there's more
1: fun to come. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me,
0: having three daughters. Oh, yeah, look, kids are, you know... My we, kids were fighting this morning and I left thinking, thank God I'm going to the studio. It's great, isn't it? You know, And we're all supposed to go, it's all so, so wonderful. No, I don't... But it, But there is immense... Joy there is you know. there is
2: joy. It's like a business. Mm. Having a kid is like having a business. It's 24-7, and the joy comes every now and then.
1: Mm.
2: It's amazing, and it's terrible at the same time. That's yeah, for, me, that,
1: for me, the joy comes at 7.30 when I leave. <laughs> 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 and I don't suffer from monday <laughs> Do
2: you know, we, we, we had the... Um, she came to me, and she was asking me about sex the other day, and I was like, oh, no. I'm going to have to tell her because she's getting really wrong information here from other people and from the kids school. at school. So we sat her down and told her the story of the birds and the bees. Huh. And I was listening to it thinking, this is the first time I've heard it. No one ever told me about the birds and the bees. <laughs> you don't do that in yeah. our family. Um, and she was disgusted. Absolutely disgusted.
1: <laughs> well, she might and not And then she be. went and
2: told everyone at school. And <laughs> Now, the
1: teacher rang you, now, right?
2: We're, we're <laughs> hiding.
1: <laughs> well, well, well she, might not, she might not be disgusted later on in life, but hey. She said, know, said to me the ne-
2: she said to me the next day, she said, I tried really hard not to say anything. I even didn't talk about it in my my weekly um, wrap-up of the weekend. I was like, oh, God, thank God. She's a, She's a nightmare.
1: But she's yes. amazing. Yes, they're, 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 full of,
0: they're full of fun and joy, aren't they? <laughs> she's still young. She'll mm, get better as she gets mm. older. I think I said that to her when she was four, didn't I? Uh, I remember having a conversation and, yeah, and you saying, she's driving me crazy. And I kept on saying, oh, it's she's It's the energy.
2: I, Why is she
0: driving you crazy?
2: She's just got so much energy. It's just incredible. I've never known anyone to have this kind of energy. She's, it just doesn't stop. She doesn't walk anywhere. She only hops or runs or jumps. and That's
1: good.
2: She's amazing. Look, she, she's got more confidence than I've ever seen in another human being. And I hope that, you know, she doesn't
0: no, lose that, that hmm. you know. Is your She'll hubby, be fine. Is your husband like that? No,
2: none of us are like that. <laughs> I don't know where she are gets sure it from. you sure she's
0: your child? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Pretty sure she is. There's definitely some Arab in there somewhere. <laughs> So, yeah, no, she's, she's, she's great. She really is great. I, I adore her. I think she's fantastic. Um, but she's exhausting. It still is a journey. I'm still kind of going.
1: You didn't really plan any of this out. It was just like no. an opp- opportunities presented themselves at particular points in your life and you yeah. were, you were um, conscious enough to seize them. Do
2: you know what my goal was when I was a kid was to leave home? And I achieved that at twenty, so I was like, I kind of, I hit the peak at (laughs) twenty, so I had nowhere to go from there. Everything from there was like great. So you were planning. I'm still happy. You
0: were planning your escape.
2: That's all I really wanted. I just wanted to be different, and I achieved that Mm. straight away. And I worked really hard, and I paid the price. Mm. I still pay the price. Mm. You know, it's not like there's a happy ending, and that's the thing about, you know, all of, even business. There's no promise that if you work hard that you're going to get anywhere. You may just not get anywhere and just have worked hard for the rest of your life. I believe that it's taking a risk that gets you somewhere. And I took a huge risk. I kind Mm. of excommunicated myself from my family and it was a huge risk, but it paid off because I got what I wanted. Mm. I wanted that more than I wanted family. Right. Um and I, I I absolutely believe that anything that's ever happened to me since then has been from taking a risk, and I think that's the only time luck happens
1: I love let's explore that that bit a little bit more because uh, i you call it risk, I call it courage, and whenever you're trying to do something courageous, there's always a risk that yep. something's going to go horribly wrong absolutely but if you want something badly enough, yeah. you take that risk It's like when we first got our driver's license as, you know young boys get their driver's license and what they do they put their foot down <laughs> there's always a risk of getting it pulled over by the police but, or having a crash or, whatever. or having yeah. a crash but you do it because, and you you know you, when you're courageous and you want something badly enough you don't even think about the risk really no. you just do it
2: well, you, think and about you deal it more. with the
1: consequences.
2: I think you think about it more when you're older.
1: Mm.
2: I didn't think about it when I was young. Mm. I, th- I think about it now. I think, oh, I'm about to let go of this business, which I did. I let go of the photography business and then I took a risk with another business. I thought about it a lot. Mm. I thought a lot about how it felt to say goodbye to the photography business because it was my identity for so long. And I was like, Am I a failure? have I, is, you know, people are going to look that, you know, go, well, I knew she'd never make it. All of that was in my mind. And then I kind of went, if I don't do this, I'm always going to wonder what it could have been. So I'd rather be in that, you know, mind space than what if. Yep.
1: You, you you were prepared to take the risk. Yeah. And you were prepared to pay the price. Yeah. And you mentioned one um, price that you paid, which was no longer speaking to your family, yeah, or uh, like, not much, yeah, like very, you chose yeah. life over your yeah. family, yeah. Um, what were the other co- uh, prices you had to pay, some major ones in your life a for the pursuit? A failed business,
2: a couple of failed businesses. Mm-hmm. I think you don't really succeed in business until you failed at mm. business, because you need to know what it feels like to fail, so you're not scared of it anymore. Because hmm. when you're scared of failing, I think you always hold back and you don't take those steps. You don't really put yourself out there. Failing at the photography and the design business, that really propelled me, I think. Because I was like, ah, it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Hmm. You know, you're in a bit of debt and you deal with that. And it's, it, the anticipation of it was way worse than what it really felt like.
1: And it's, I guess it's like playing playing a team sport for the first time. Um, you, you know, you run onto the field. I mean, it rarely do you win first go. Yeah. You know, you have to be, get familiar with the game,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> and then, yeah, exactly. and then over time, after some heavy losses and some draws, over yeah. time you start winning. Well, and, and if and if you've got a good team, and if you've got a good
0: team, and yeah. that's part of being in business, yeah. right? That's part of making mistakes because you learn collaboration and yeah. space for the other people in the team, making sure every you know you play. No, you're not an individual, you're a team. Yeah. Well, it looks like Lena's um, starting to win. Yeah. Yeah, so, still a journey. So to finish off, you chose a particular song. Can you yeah. tell us about that?
2: So Rid of Me by PJ Harvey. I was a bit worried that it was a bit too heavy
0: no, for no. your podcast. No, no, heavy's good. not as heavy as the
1: podcast you listen to, <laughs> I'm sure. No,
2: no, not at all. So I f- saw PJ Harvey sing this song, It was maybe like 15, maybe 20 years ago in Sydney at a festival. And I was watching her on stage and I was in awe and absolute uh, adoration. I thought she was the most amazing thing I'd ever seen. She was wearing this amazing dress. She had high heels on and she had this guitar and she was really like rocking out. And I was like, I'm never going to be you because I cannot sing, can't play an instrument. But I wanted what she had, which is just that power. She just had so much... She was just incredible. So that sort of shaped me in that moment. I, f- I felt like I wanted to be that kind of woman. You know, I'm, I, I don't listen to Adele.
0: Hmm.
2: I listen to chicks like that. Yeah. Because there's power there that... You know, there's pain and power that's not wrapped that's in a nice gr- little it's, box. It's very know?
0: gritty and raw. Yeah. She's a raw... Yeah, she's a...
2: And I don't come from pretty in a box, you yeah. know. I come from kind of bit of yuck, <laughs> you know. There's a lot of yuck. <laughs> so, you know, it's nice to see women that don't fit the beautiful box. So she's, just, she's great.
1: I think there's a message there for a I lot of young girls. Is, yeah. I think, uh, Lena, I'd, I'd like to thank you for coming on this show. Thanks for so having me. fun. I'd like to uh, remind listeners that we're now available on iTunes. So if you hey, like, hey, hey. <laughs> hey. Two reviews. so if you like two reviews, <laughs> two reviews on iTunes. So if you love our podcast, be sure to go to iTunes and review us. Yeah. Um, that'll get us um, get us a higher ranking, which is great because that means more people will become aware of uh, what we're doing here, yeah. and we'd like as many people as possible to know that. We're here to interview people's uh, people with their fascinating stories.
0: Or and you can go to floatyourboat.com. That's floatyourboat, not Y-O-U-R. It's just float your floatyourboat. Mm-hmm. Because Y-R. on that occasion, Brett could spell. And <laughs> I got pipped at the post for the domain name, um. which I'm upset about. But we'll talk about that. But, but nonetheless,
1: you can go to our website, and if you care to... Uh, or tell Facebook us, or Instagram. Yeah, tell us your story or, or recommend uh, people that might be worth interviewing, people with fascinating stories that um, would otherwise remain unsaid if it weren't for us. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Thank Lena. Thank you, Thank you, Lena. we Just...
0: It's that time again where we talk about our sponsors. This is about the 400th take, listeners. <laughs> this is our, uh, this is our um, for a male sponsor, Mungrel Joes. Yes, Mungrel Joes. So, hey, Brett, what keeps you
1: going? I'm not sure what you're implying. I don't like where your mind's going with this one, Brett, but uh, without getting personal, there are many times I need a hit, and not from a bus. What keeps me going is a steaming hot cup of coffee, and not just any coffee. Ah, uh, you must be talking about Mungrel Joe's. Yeah, a proud sponsor. Yes, that deep, rich, tasty and fulfilling coffee that perks you up, puts lead in your pencil, makes you glisten and puts hairs on your chest. But what does it do for men? Boom, boom. <laughs> it brings out the mongrel in you.
0: <laughs> God, seriously, folks. Seriously, folks. Joe's- <laughs> That's my line. No, That's your line. <laughs> Mungrel Joe's is the best... Taste experience ever. It's a hundred percent Australian, and not only is it a performance coffee, it's strong and smooth, like me, of course, George. <laughs> it's the greatest coffee on earth, the world's greatest coffee. Is world. it really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. Jump online at munglejoes.com.au dot au and give it a shot. Excuse the pun. No, no, no. You didn't have to say that. Well, it's you printed it on the page. You're George. on, you're on fire, Brent. I am on We could fire. have scratched that out. And just for our listeners to put, put, it, put in a discount code, float your boat, and you will get a special discount on your first order. Remember that it's float your boat. One word. If you love coffee, you should try Mungo Joe's. I'm telling you, folks, aside from this great script that George wrote, <laughs> And it was so obvious you were reading it. <laughs> yes, George, it was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway listeners, mongrel jazz, it's it's the best. <laughs>